would be my joy if you would join me in Psalm chapter 3. Psalm chapter 3. There have been moments in the Psalms, I don't know if you're like me, where you've read some Psalms, and as you read it, you felt like that this was your song. God's Word has come alive to, to give you words that your heart cannot express, didn't know how to express, except for by the power of the Spirit and the power of God's Word. And this week, Psalm 3 has been that for me, such a comforting song that has drove me to our comforting Lord. It says this, Psalm chapter 3, a psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. Oh Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. Selah. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me. My glory and the lifter of my head. I cried aloud to the Lord and he answered me from his holy hill. Selah. I lay down and slept. I woke again for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who set themselves against me all around. Arise, O Lord. Save me, O my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. Selah. Father, we ask that you would make the words of this song the song of our heart this morning. Because, Lord, there are many people who we just sang, Lord, who are weary, who are weak, Lord, who are afraid, who are thirsty. And, Lord, we don't serve a God who is at a distance. We don't serve a God who does not listen. We do not serve a God who does not hear our every need. But, Lord, we serve you, a holy, righteous, perfect gentle, strong, and kind, Lord, who moves towards us in our weakness. Lord, we believe that you are the God of all comfort. And Lord, we believe in the Holy Spirit that even in this moment, Lord, he can give us the comfort, the confidence that we need only because of Jesus, our Savior. So, Lord, would you do that for every heart here today? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, have you ever found yourself in a place that feels like rock bottom? Found yourself in a place that you would say, this is my worst moment. This is the lowest of lows. There have been moments in my life, and I'll admit, in my self-pity where I say things like, there's no way that it can get any worse than this. I mean, I've done that in some of the worst moments of my life. I've said that in like a, with a head cold, with a man cold. There is no way that it can get worse than this. Maybe you're here in that place this morning a place of despair, a place where you feel hopeless and helpless. 
This morning, we open up God's Word, and God's Word has a song for you. It's a song, a type of song called a lament. The the laments in the Psalms are two-thirds of the Psalms, some scholars say. It's a song that's in the minor key for the people of God when we're in our lowest places. That's good news for you and me because our life is not always joyful. Our lives are not always lived on the mountaintop. A lot of times our life is lived in the valley. And this is good news because this morning we need a song for those moments. We need a song to give us comfort, to give us confidence when we're in our lowest of lows when we feel hopeless and helpless. No one understands how you feel. No no one understands feeling like you're in the lowest of lows like King David. He writes this song maybe from the lowest place imaginable. Just just look at the title of the psalm right before verse 1. It says this. This is the title. A psalm of David When he fled from Absalom, his son. So you have no room this morning to to sit in here and say, you know what? No one knows what I'm going through. No one understands my heart, my place right now. It's a lie from hell that you might believe that you're alone this morning. Because David understands where you you are. In fact, this psalm is a gift for everyone this morning who finds themselves in the lowest place. For David, he sang this song when he's being pursued by his son Absalom. For you, maybe it's you being pursued by doubts. Being pursued by depression. Being pursued by anxiety. For you, maybe it's facing a battle with cancer or a stack of bills or a child's relentless illness. For you, maybe it's a marriage that seems unfixable or or a prodigal child that seems like they'll never return. And the Lord's inviting you, offering you to sing this song of lament, this song for your heart today. And my prayer is, Holy Spirit, help. Make this song our own. Help us have all the confidence, all the comfort that the Lord wants to give us in himself this morning. We read about the conspiracy of Absalom in 2 Samuel chapters 15 through 18. About him turning against his father. And it says, if we were to turn to 2 Samuel 15, that a messenger is watching what's going on in the kingdom. And they're seeing how this rebellion, this conspiracy is rising up in Absalom and how all the people are gathering around Absalom and supporting him. And it says that this messenger comes to David, to King David, and he says these words, the hearts of the men of Israel have gone after Absalom. All the hearts that were committed to you All the people that were once singing your praises have now run after Absalom. 
And so David turns to his servants and says, Arise and let us flee, or else there will be no escape for us from Absalom. And it says there in 2 Samuel 15 that, that David dresses himself like a mourner, that he covers his head, that he goes out up the Mount of Olives, and it says that he's weeping as he goes. Weeping like a funeral for his son, weeping for a lost kingdom, mourning like he's leaving his kingdom behind. David, think about this. David is fleeing like a fugitive in a funeral procession outside of his kingdom. Being ran out of his kingdom. David's own son is rising up against him, sending 12,000 men to chase after him, to hunt him down. Can you imagine Put yourself in King David's shoes. Can you imagine what that would feel like? Lee tells us exactly what this feels like. Maybe it sounds familiar to you. Verse 1 and 2, it says this. Oh Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. You see, David doesn't just feel helpless. He looks helpless to everybody around him. He doesn't just seem to be defeated. He looks defeated to those who are watching. And the peoples are scoffing, saying, he's all alone. Why would he trust his God? How could he trust his God? They're saying he's leaning on a Savior that cannot save him. He's trusting in a God who cannot deliver him. And while this could be how King David feels, and while this is what King David looks like to everybody around him, listen to what's going on in the heart of David. Because this is the same unshakable reality. That the same confidence, the same comfort, the same certainty that is for all the people of God today. The first thing I want us to see is that we can have confidence in the Lord. Like David, we can have confidence in the Lord. While everyone else looks at David, and did you hear what they said? They said, there is no salvation for him in God, which is the Hebrew word Elohim. It's the generic, most generic use of the name God in the Old Testament. They say, there is no salvation for him in God. But listen to what David says in verse 3. But you, O Lord, you, O Lord, in all caps, you, Yahweh, you, the covenant-making, covenant-keeping God of Israel, are a shield about me, my glory and the lifter of my head. Do you hear it? There is a, there's an unshakable confidence in the soul of David. Not just because he is the king, there's an unshakable confidence because Yahweh is with him. 
Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God, is for him. Because while Absalom, his son, is rising against him, and while 12,000 enemies are running after him, guess where the Lord is? Well, if you can remember back in Psalm 2 last week, the Bible says, the Lord is in the heavens laughing. The Lord is in the heavens laughing because of the plans of his enemies. Notice how David describes the confidence that he has in his Lord. How his Lord, what his Lord is for him. He says this, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me. A shield in that day was not a little He-Man shield. You know, the little like pie plate looking shield that basically you're doing all the work to protect yourself because there's not much to cover you. No, a shield When he says, you're a shield about me, in that day, a shield was all-encompassing. It was made large enough to protect your whole body. So when David says, you're a shield, David is saying, the Lord is my safety. The Lord is my security. He surrounds me. He covers me. He protects me. The Lord is a shield. About me. Then he says this. He calls the Lord my glory. King David knows. He knows that he has no glory in and of himself. King David knows that no honor, he has no honor except the honor that is given to him. And so King David knows. It doesn't matter if I'm facing Goliath. It doesn't matter if there's Saul coming after me, if there's 12,000 from Absalom. All my honor, honor, all my glory is nothing but a grace from the Lord. All my glory is given by him, and it can be taken by no one. The only one who anoints me as king is the king of kings. And no one else can take that away. And then finally, his confidence, he says, comes from the Lord, being the lifter of my head. Oh, I love that phrase. The Lord is the lifter of my head. Because if you put yourself in King David's shoes, it would be natural. When you're being pursued by your own son... When you're being pursued by your own son who wants you dead, it would be natural to hang your head. It's natural for me. It's quite easy for me when when ministry's hard. It's quite easy for me when my little girl is sick to want to hang my head. When this life that, brothers and sisters, that we are facing, that's as hard as it is because it's broken and fallen because of sin. When it's as hard as it is, depression and anxiety and despair seem natural to our hearts and natural to hang our heads. However, the Lord wants to supernaturally Be the lifter of your head this morning. Our gracious Lord, 
by the power of the Holy Spirit, wants to grab the chin of your heart and take it off yourself and take it off your trials and take it off yourself. And he wants to be the lifter of your head so that you might behold him and his glory and his grace and his enoughness. So let me ask you this morning, does the countenance of your face match the confidence that you should have in the Lord? Does your face say to yourself and to those around you, there's no salvation for me in God? Or does it say, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me. You are my my glory. You are the lifter of my head. Listen, I can say with the confidence of the Holy Spirit that the Lord wants you to have the same confidence in Him that David had in Him. The Lord in His grace wants you to have the confidence in Him that David has in Him. When you feel insecure, when you feel unsafe, when you feel surrounded on every side, the Lord says, I want to be your shield. I want to cover you. I want to protect you. I want to be enough for you. When you feel desperate and defeated, He wants to clothe you beautifully with honor and glory in the face of your enemy. When you want to hang your head right now in despair, the Lord right now wants to be the lifter of your head. He wants to say, look unto me. Look unto me. I loved some of the time that I spent with the late Bill Wade, who was the counseling pastor at Living Hope who passed last year. If you didn't know Bill, Bill was a funny guy, and uh, he told it like it was a lot of times. He just kind of said whatever was on his mind. And I remember Bill telling me one time, he said, when I counsel young men, and they start talking about their past sin and the temptations in their life, and they start describing to me the weight of their shame, He said, inevitably, in that conversation, they would want to hang their head. And Bill said, I would say to them, look at me. Look at me right now. Don't you dare hang your head. That is not who you are in Christ. Don't you dare hang your head. That is not who you are in Christ. We need one another in the the body of Christ to to be that brother who says, Brother, there's a shield about you. The Lord wants to be your glory. Sister, lift up your head unto the Lord. That is not who you are. Because this morning we can have complete confidence today. Not because of any of us. So don't look at us for the confidence. Not because of any of us but we can have complete confidence because of Jesus. Because of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Second, not only can we have confidence in the Lord, we can have comfort from the Lord today. King David says in verse 5, I lay down and slept. I woke up for the Lord sustained me. He says, it, it doesn't matter if I'm in my palace in Jerusalem or if I'm hidden in a cave on the run. It's the Lord who sustains me. The only reason I can lie down in peace tonight, the only reason I will wake up in the morning is because the Lord. It's the Lord who gives every breath to you, and it's the Lord only who can sovereignly take it away. Do you believe that this morning? It's only the Lord that can give breath to you. It's only the Lord who can take it away. I, I read this yesterday morning. I opened up God's Word, Psalm 139, in my daily Bible reading, and this is what it said. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. What a comfort. What a comfort for your soul. What a comfort when battling cancer. What a comfort in the middle of a pandemic. What a comfort in the middle of whatever you're facing. The Lord knows my days. He's numbered them. The Lord knows everyone, even before I've lived one of them. My life is completely in his hands. It's not meant to, to scare you, brothers and sisters. That's meant to give you great comfort in the Lord right now. You can believe this wholeheartedly anywhere. Whether you're laying in your comfort, temperpedic bed in Bowling Green, or when you're in a closed country that says you cannot preach the gospel, the Lord holds your days. Brothers and sisters, this morning, the sovereignty of God is the safest pillow to lay your head. It's the safest place that you can lay your head down today. You know, sleep in, it, in and of itself is, is a daily act of faith. You ever thought about that? Sleep is a daily act of faith. It's a daily opportunity for you to trust the Lord. It's a daily reminder that when you put your head on that pillow at night, that you can say, God, you are God and I am not. I'm going to rise up tomorrow. It's only you who gives me breath because you alone sustain me. I mean, think about this one. None of you woke yourself up today. Nobody in here woke yourself up today. You might have set an alarm, but it's the Lord that made you alive. It's the Lord that gave you breath and a new day only because of the Lord. And really the, the flip side of the coin is just as true when, when we can't sleep. Our, our sleeplessness could be a sign that you're lacking and trusting. Lacking and resting that he is God and you are not. I love what Victor Hugo, 
the, the writer of Les Miserables and the Hunchback of Notre Dame, he, he was writing a letter to one of his dear friends, the, the town shoemaker. And, and this is what he said to one of his dear friends. Have courage for the great sorrows of life and patience for the small ones. And when you have finished your daily task, go to sleep in peace. God is awake. Go to sleep in peace. God is awake. Are you comforted by that truth today? That, that tonight, this night, you can go to sleep in peace because God is awake. Or are you restless? Are you anxious? Would you say you live your life in a frantic way? Are you lying awake at night because you feel you're acting like God has fallen asleep on you? You know, what if we treated sleep just as important of a spiritual discipline as prayer or Bible reading? Why don't you try that? What if we treated sleep just as important of a spiritual discipline as prayer and Bible reading? What if every night was an opportunity to practice Psalm 46? Right now, I'm going to be still and know that you are God. What if every single night you accepted the invitation from the Lord to, to cast your cares upon him because he cares for you and go to bed carefree? Because you're either going to carry them or the Lord's going to carry them. So just cast them on him because he cares for you. What if you routinely just said at night, just like I'm laying on this mattress right now, I'm resting all my weight, all my trust on you to hold me. What if every day you woke up saying, this day, this breath in my lungs is given as a gift for you, from you. So, so first of all, I want to give you thanks, and I want to give you praise. And Lord, I want to say whatever you want to do with it, I want to do it. Your will be done, not my will. See, King David, he lies down and he sleeps at night. He wakes up in the morning only because of the Lord. He's found Great confidence and comfort in his sovereign Lord who sustains his every second. In fact, look at verse 6. He says this, I will not be afraid of many thousands of people who set themselves against me all around. Why? How can he say that? 12,000 people hunting you down in the middle of the night and you're just, you're at peace? Well, for David, it doesn't matter if it's 10 people if it's thousands of people, if it's millions of people, all that matters is that the Lord is on his side. The Lord is with him. The sovereign, sustaining grace of God is the only thing that comforts David. It's the only reason he can lie down in comfort. It's the same reason that Jesus can sleep while all of his disciples are in a panic in the boat during a storm, because the Lord reigns. And it's the only thing 
that will drive away your anxiety and drive away your fear tonight when you lay down and flood your heart with comfort. So brothers and sisters, go to sleep in peace tonight because God is awake. Let that sink into your soul. God is awake and he wants to be your comforter, your sustainer. He wants to be enough for you. Finally, not only do we have confidence in the Lord, not only do we have comfort from the Lord, we can cry out to the Lord. Out of this place of confidence and comfort, David cries out. And first he recalls earlier how the Lord has answered him in the past. He says this in verse 4, I cried aloud to the Lord, and he answered me from his holy hill. Every time the Lord hears his people, it's a guarantee that he answers his people. That's a comfort, right? Every time the Lord hears his people, he answers his people. Maybe not how we ask or want, but he does answer in the way that brings you the most joy and him the most glory. And so here again, look at verse 7. With confidence, David cries out in prayer, Arise, O Lord. Save me, oh my God, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Out of his confidence in and his comfort from the Lord, he's crying out to the Lord, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again like you always deliver. And he's so confident that the Lord will do it that he speaks like it's already happened. Did you notice that in verse 7? He says, for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of the wicked. Hasn't happened yet, but he knows the Lord is his defender. He knows the Lord is his redeemer. If you're anything like me, you sit there scratching your head, wondering how does someone get to a place like that? With that kind of Confidence with so much comfort from the Lord. Well, it's because this isn't the first time the Lord's come through for David. The Lord is undefeated when it comes up, comes to rising against David's enemies. Remember when David, as a young shepherd boy, got a few pebbles from the ground and he got a slingshot and he went and destroyed a king. I mean, he, he went and destroyed Goliath that everybody in the camp was trembling in fear. It's not because of David. It's because the Lord rose up. Or when David was pursued by angry Saul who wanted to kill him, who wanted to destroy him. It's because the Lord rose up that, G, that, that David was delivered. Or when the surrounding armies tried to war against Israel, every single time the Lord rose up to defend Israel. In David's hardest moments, his lowest of lows, the Lord has always proven trustworthy. And so that's why he can say in this moment, Arise, O Lord. Save me, O Lord. He can cry out in confident prayer for the Lord. To save him. 
There's no place in all eternity that this has been more clear than in the darkest day of all creation. Than in the lowest low of all times. And it wasn't when David's son was pursuing him to kill him. No, it's when Jesus, the one and only son, was hanging on a cross. Do you remember the crowds were scoffing at King Jesus who was on the cross saying, if you truly are the Son of God, save yourself. The many were saying of Jesus' soul on that day, there's no salvation for him in God. There's no salvation for him in God. He's all alone. Even the Son himself cried out in that darkest moment, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But what looked like a moment of defeat, it's like on early early that Sunday morning, we heard a whisper over all creation saying, Arise, O Lord. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For for you strike all my enemies on the cheek. You break the teeth of sin and death forever. Brothers and sisters, it's only through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that sin and death are defeated forever. And so that means that it's only through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that there is complete confidence and eternal comfort in Him and Him alone. I don't know if you all have watched some of the the coverage of Pastor Tim Keller who passed away this week from pancreatic cancer. He's been battling for a few years now and he had Tuesday morning, I believe, went to be with the Lord. And he said that there's one thing that we keep coming back to, me and Kathy, his wife, when we're laying in bed at night and we're weeping at what we're facing. He said this truth just keeps coming back to us. If Jesus really did rise from the dead, then everything else is going to be all right. If Jesus really did rise from the dead, then everything else is going to be all right. The battle with cancer, the kidney failure, those bills that are stacking up, those seizures, that anxiety, that broken marriage, that wayward kid, that 10-week-old who passed away in our church, Oh, even at Forest Park this week, the 27-year-old who died on Natural Parkway getting hit by a car. How do you go on after something like that? It's because Jesus is not in a grave in Jerusalem. If Jesus really did rise from the dead, then everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right for God's people. And we can have complete 
confidence and eternal comfort in him. See, the good news is that those who cry out in confident prayer will also cry out in confident praise. I should say that again, shouldn't I, sister? The good news is those who cry out in confident prayer will cry out in confident praise. Listen to what David says in in verse 8. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be be on your people. It's amazing what David's saying. King David is saying, the Lord owns the copyright. Jesus has a patent on providing salvation for you and for me. You know, do you know what a patent is? It's, it's when you and you alone have the exclusive rights to do something. If you watch Shark Tank like me and my wife do, once, what, they'll bring out the most incredible invention. But then they'll stop and ask the entrepreneur, yeah, but do you have a patent on that product? Are you the only one who has the rights to do that? Brothers and sisters, the Lord has a patent on salvation. No one else can save you from your sins but Jesus. No one else can deliver you but him and him alone. There is no other name under heaven by which you must be saved than the name of Jesus Christ. And that's why the song of heaven one day will not be a broken-hearted lament. No, it'll be the joy of every nation, tribe, and tongue singing, singing, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That's what we'll sing for all eternity, filled with complete confidence, with eternal comfort in Him. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Who can have that kind of confidence today? Who can have that kind of comfort this morning? Who can cry out with that kind of certainty? All of us who've trusted in Jesus. All of us who've collapsed all our hope, not in us, but in Christ and Christ alone. All of us who rest our hope in the risen King, Jesus. Because when we're filled with that kind of confidence and that kind of comfort, we're going to start sounding a lot like the Apostle Paul who says this, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. 
know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Complete confidence. Eternal comfort. Only in Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, we ask, oh Lord, you are the God of all comfort. Lord, your Holy Spirit is the comforter that you promised to send to us. And so, Lord, I pray in this moment, oh, that your peace, that your comfort, oh Lord, that it would draw near to us. That we would have complete confidence, not in us, but only in Jesus. So, Lord, I pray that you would draw the weak and the weary among us. The sick, the hurting, the broken, the thirsty. Oh, Lord, would you by the power of your spirit say, come to me right now. All you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Lord, I pray if there's someone here today who's never turned from their sin, who's never experienced the joy of having all their sin defeated, having the joy of death losing its sting because of Jesus, Lord, I pray that they would turn from their sin and run to Jesus right now and find the peace and the confidence and comfort that only he alone can give. Lord, would you do this for the glory of your name, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.